Above the circle and those tires are on great this time. Remember they fan out down there so protect that bottom of Sunday drive. Five off man. Pace cars off. Be ready. Yeah, be ready, gas that bitch up. Be ready, be ready, green flag. Green. I didn't hear a thing for a second. Like my head my radio thing not working. Anyway. Welcome to the Inside Pass uh, on this Monday night. I am uh, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada with us, James Miller doing the producing, and the, the conspicuously absent Noah Lewis will call in eventually, we hope, and uh, be part of our panel. Uh, you know, he comes in and then he nearly wins the, the, the week, and then he just decides to take a week off. I guess that's like, you know, vacation for somebody that, you know, comes and goes. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. I guess you pay him enough money, he can afford to lose a week of pay. Anyway, uh, on the strutmasters.com hotline is our guest of the evening and uh, somebody that uh, has been on our show several times over the, the first part of the, the time, our tenure of uh, being the Inside Pass, but we haven't talked to him in a good while. But he started out um, as a uh, writer for the Sporting News way back when Yahoo owned the Sporting News before Fox was you know NASCAR coverage and all that stuff. Um, but... He is now working for Fox as a NASCAR reporter, and we are happy to have Bob Pockris on the show tonight. And, uh, Bob, I was going to start with the uh, entrance for the 500, but I want to talk about this little breaking news story that's kind of come into Twitter here in the last few minutes. Chip Ganassi Racing sending out a tweet that they are going to make an announcement at 9 a.m. in the morning. Do you know anything about this said announcement? Well, I mean, Chip Ganassi Racing has... You know they're they're involved in a lot of different series, so uh, you know who knows what the, what series it is. But you know, obviously, it seems like their their NASCAR stuff is, is is set for next year already. Yeah, you would think so. Um, you would wonder maybe IMSA or IndyCar or something of that nature. But uh, it was just interesting that that just came across the newswire at about seven Eastern here. Um, for an announcement the next uh, morning, we were thinking about maybe, you know, is this a Kurt Busch retirement announcement or, you know, who knows what it could be. Yeah. I, I don't get the, I mean, I haven't heard of anything of that NASCAR related and I'd be mildly surprised if it is. So b- before we get going, I wanted to, to tell you that I, I made the two boys promise not to ask you stupid questions. Cause I know you get those stupid questions on Twitter all the time. Uh, so, <laughs> I made the promise not to ask you what the weather's going to be like in the Sahara Desert tomorrow or, you know, anything like that. So, um, I, I want to talk about the 500. The entry list for the 500 continues to grow. We've got a lot of great uh, talent, a lot of one-off people running the Daytona 500. I think this is one of the first years in a very long time where we have this much excitement and this many new entries into the sport. A lot of people are going to go home after the duels on Thursdays uh, before the 500. Yeah, you know, you're talking uh, potentially eight to uh, ten open cars, which means that you'll have probably at least four to six cars uh, going home, you know, and and good cars, you know, because you got uh, you got Ryan Priest in the 37. Doesn't look like they're going to have a charter. And then you've got uh, Kaz Grala in the college car, which is going to be a good car. You have Noah Gregson in the 62, the beard car that uh, that. Brendan Gaughan used to run, so, that, so that's going to be a good car. Austin Centric in a Penske car, that's going to be a good car. David Reagan in another front row car. So, you know, so, so they're going to be solid. Um, you got a couple of uh, Timmy Hill, or you got a couple of Carl Long cars for Timmy Hill and Chad Fincham. You know, the NY Racing team says they might come. Tommy Baldwin says, uh, says he might come. So you've got a lot of... Um, 
you've got a lot of good a lot of good cars there. I think I'm missing one right off the top of my head, but uh, but I know it's it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good group. When you look at uh, the situation with the charters, we've we've had some conversation on our shows the last couple of weeks, Bob, about you know the 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 viability of the charter system at this point and all of the leasing and the trading and the horse trading and all the things that have gone on um what is your take on cuz i never got the impression that this was how it was supposed to work when when they made the charter system um how does a team for example like the 37 team at JTG wind up without a charter um I, I guess I'm just a little confused how we got to where we are. What's your take? Well, you have to think of the charter as an asset that can be, uh, well, it can be loaned once during like kind of the, the period. The, the first was a five-year period. Now it's a four-year period, the rest of the, the deals. Um, but you think of it as like people being able to buy into it and then sell pieces of it or you taking loans, because, you know, with, with that as collateral. When you sell, there could be provisions and, and on this charter, the one that JTG had goes back to uh, Harry Scott Motorsports and, and Tom Braun, who, who owned a piece of it, and then went to Furniture Row for their second car, and then to JTG. And when JTG bought it, there were some conditions of things uh, of commitment to uh, you know, as far as payments and stuff, and and then it was. Um, and then that's where it kind of gets murky because we don't know exactly how Todd Braun regained control of it, but yeah. but there were conditions when they bought it, and so that's how they they lost the uh, how how they apparently lost the charter because that chart because uh, Todd Braun's going to move it over to Spire. But you know the whole idea is to create investment, and so uh, and and when JTG bought that charter, you know, or it was for under. Is under a commitment, I believe, of under two million dollars. So, you know, so the fact that somebody else had a piece of it, or or had con- has some sort of control, or or was able to set some conditions, I think allowed that that move to be made a few years ago. But then it also, you know, whatever has happened, which you haven't totally gotten a beat on, you know, has now resulted in going back. But again, the whole idea was for these things to be invested in and to uh, and. And to create new investors, and I think this past off season, you started to see some people now really, you know, the charters are going up because there there are fewer charters available than people, are, there are fewer charters available than people who want them. So, so the price is being pushed up, and I think NASCAR is finally starting to see maybe what they hope to see a little bit. I still think they had hoped that there would be a little bit more initial investment. And like in teams being able to get investors and not necessarily all the murkiness around who owns a piece and who controls it and and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's where, you know, I kind of get lost in this because it feels to me like um, we, we, we had the charters. We originally had the charter for the purpose of a team being able to get longer term contracts and investors and things like that. And I feel like with all the, the charters moving around and all that, it, it, I don't, it just almost feels like in some ways it's been kind of um, counterproductive, but maybe as you say, now we're finally starting to get to where uh, the charters um, were intended to be all along. Yeah, and you know, again, it's um, it's it's you know they created that system. It's you know the other thing is that it it has helped teams budget because they know 
they have a little bit closer idea of what their revenue is going to be. Uh, but it certainly has created murky waters. But again, you know, it used to be with the top 35 or with provisionals based on points, you'd always have people, you know, there, there'd always be a lot of deals going down in January as far as people buying points yep. in order to try to secure a spot uh, or better position going into Daytona 500 qualifying. So there's a lot of hype uh, surrounding this this upcoming season. I think everything we went through last year with you know the COVID protocols and everything like that. I think people and fans are just wanting to see us get back to semi normalcy in the in the NASCAR Cup Series. What's the most exciting thing to you looking forward to this year with the new tracks and uh, all the new stuff that's going on? What are you most looking forward to? Uh, well, I mean, I'm looking forward to new faces and new places for sure. You know, looking at you know Bubba Wallace in the 23, Kyle Larson in the five new crew chief for Kyle Busch and Ben B. Shore. So, you know, Eric Jones in the, in the, in the 43, Christopher Bell in the 20. So I'm looking forward to all those looking forward to seeing, you know, which of these guys are maybe on the outside looking in can uh, really, you know, have a good Daytona weekend, um, like a, a Ty Dillon, another open car in the, in the 96, you know, can he kind of, uh, you know, if he makes that race and has a has a great weekend, what does that do for the rest of his season and his potential opportunities? And then, you know, then when you look at the schedule, I'm excited about uh, seeing a race at Coda, Bristol Dirt. You know, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? I don't know, but I do know it's going to be must see TV, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that that's one you're going to want to watch and and see how how it how it turns out. Uh, I think there's a lot of excitement about the clash, about the duels, the 500, the truck series race. The Xfinity, like every everything going on down there in Daytona over the next month or so, even the, the Daytona Road Course, which is now replacing Auto Club Speedway, um, is going to be exciting too with AJ Allmendinger in there. And you know, but uh, there's I think there's a lot of things going on that makes uh, the Mason NASCAR um, exciting, uh, certainly. Uh, this year and you know you guys covering the sport and you know everybody followed you for all the, the breaking news and everything like that um, real quick in about 30 seconds or so who do, who do you see uh, potentially winning the 500 and not to put you on the spot but Kyle Bush has a lot to prove right he picked his new crew chief uh, you know he was 2-56 and 56 in his last 58 races he's never won the Daytona 500 so I mean, why not Kyle Busch? Well, I mean, they are going to practice and qualify for the 500. So, I mean, he has that a little bit of an advantage because we saw last year the lack of practice and qualifying, you know, really I think was a detrimental to, to him, you know, not winning all those races that you're used to seeing from Kyle Busch. So, uh, Bob Pockers, thank you so much for, for taking some time out to uh, to come on tonight and uh, join us. And uh, you know, we, we look forward to all of your, your tweets, your stories, and your content for Fox Sports and NASCAR's coverage this year. And uh, we will hopefully talk to you again really soon. All right. Thank you, guys. No Thanks, problem. Bob. No problem. Bob Parkus, uh, everybody. Always good to hear from Bob. I'm glad he was able to come back on the show. It's been a while since he's been on. So. Yeah. Good to have him back on. Uh, so uh, Noah's going to join us here when we come back from break. Uh, we'll start our uh, roundtable discussion, uh, as we always do, um, which is always uh, a fun thing to, to do each and every week. I think uh, Peter's the only one that hasn't won a round, or hasn't won a, a a week yet, so maybe we can. Maybe I should give him a bonus point to start with, so that <laughs> <laughs> he has an opportunity to to dig in there and, uh, and get some points. But a lot of stuff to talk about uh, the, the Rolex Twenty Fours this weekend, so we'll start there. We'll we'll talk about uh, all the latest news um, from the NASCAR world. We'll do that when we come back from commercial break. You're watching the Inside Pass on WSIC. We'll be back right after this. 
you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hello, race fans. This is Chris Rice. Thanks for listening to these guys. It's so great. Radio host. You're listening to the FI Pass. Had to wait for the end of that. Uh, welcome back to the Inside yes. Pass. Uh, Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Estrada. Noah Lewis is on the uh, Stratmasters.com hotline. He's going to join us here in uh, two clicks of a button from uh, our producer, James. And uh, we'll get going with our uh, our roundtable discussion. Uh, I was telling Tom while we were on commercial break, if if the first part of the show sounded like I was chewing on mush, I was it, it wasn't mush. It was very disgusting. I left a little bit of my wisdom in a round metal tray at the dentist office today. So 
Um, not that I could tell the difference because I never had that much wisdom to begin with, but whatever. Anyway, um, so the way, the way that this works is uh, Malik is going to be our moderator like he did last week, and uh, we will go around the table. We'll start with Noah since he's not here and he's on the phone. Um, so we'll do Noah, Peter, Tom, and then myself, and uh, I'll score points based on no scientific formula whatsoever. It's whatever I feel like. And I gave Peter one point already because he hasn't won a contest yet, so he starts out with a point. It's because I can do what I want. Um, so, Malik, whenever you're ready, let's uh, fire off with the questions. Action Express uh, with Chase Elliott in the car is starting P1 for the Rolex. Does this team win it? Noah. Well, first off, I want to talk about this point Peter has going into. You know, I don't know about this. But, uh, none, none of your business. None of your business. <laughs> um, look, Chase is coming off one of the best years of his career, obviously, with uh, the Cup Series championship. And, and then coming into the Rolex, he's going to start on the, on the front, or P1 there. Uh, with his team, and we know how good he is already at the Daytona Road Course, so I'm going to go with yes. I mean, Chase Elliott uh, can certainly get behind the wheel and be a wheel man, and everyone else on that team can uh, obviously succeed as well. I will say yes, Action Express will win, but it will not be the 31 of Chase Elliott. The Ally 48 of Jimmy Johnson, Simon Paginot, and a couple other guys will win the Rolex 24 come next Sunday. I think both cars are very stacked in lineups, and I think that Chase Elliott and Jimmy Johnson definitely have something to prove on the Daytona road course. Chase won the cup race there last August, and Jimmy was right there. I believe he finished fourth in that race. I think they'll both be cars to beat. Yes, Chase Elliott will win. It's a road course race. And oh, by the way, I want to address the fact that Noah has only been a co-host on this show for like, what, 25 minutes? And he's already on the Johnny Carson Take Mondays off schedule. Yeah, no, How does that work? We, we obviously pay him the good, the, the big bucks to be able to afford to take every other week off and still be a part of the show. Whatever. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to somebody about that. Um, uh, for me, I mean, obviously he's going to be a threat to, to win the race. He's, it's a road course, and, you know, it's a different type of car for him, which may be a little – I don't even know where where at in the in the thing he's going to be and it's for part of the, where he's in the rotation of drivers. But um, I, I feel like as long as the, the other guys get out there and, you know – Put a put a hurting on him, and you know, when he gets in the car, he it'll take him a few laps maybe to get accustomed to it. But they've been practicing and stuff too, so um, that may or may not uh, pan out. But there are a lot of good other cars within within the twenty four hour of classes and you know all around. So rather not, I, I feel like they will win the class. I don't know if they'll win the overall Rolex twenty four, but I mean it's Chase Elliott in a road course. You can't really go wrong with that. So with a lot of NASCAR presidents in the twenty four hour race, is it more about the prestige of the event? practice for the road course race that the cup guys will be on this year or are they just hungry to get behind the wheel Noah. yeah look um i think that a lot of these guys had uh had their their team figured out for the 24-hour race um, our nascar guys before we knew that we were going to daytona road course as the second race of the season obviously taking over for auto club so i think it is more about the race i think that is just a race that um, that if you're an all-around driver that likes to be a part of a, a lot of different outlets, we see guys that are doing dirt, endurance, and, and cup, and uh, stock car stuff. So uh, I think it is the event. I think that the guys that we have from NASCAR jumping over into that 24-hour race are there because they want to win a Rolex, and they want the, uh, the hype of being able to say that they've competed in such a race. I have to agree with Noah. It's about the prestigiousness of the Rolex 24 and that elusive Rolex watch as the trophy. This is one of the premier racing events anywhere on earth of the whole calendar years. 
so many different drivers, cars, teams from truly all over the world come to converge on Daytona just to run this race. And whether it's Chase Elliott, Jimmy Johnson, Austin Dillon, whoever from NASCAR wants to show that they can turn left and right uh, fastest at Daytona. I think it's different strokes for different folks because I think, for example, for Jimmy Johnson, I think he's looking for all the road course experience he can get. We saw him testing over the winter in the equivalent of an American Formula 3 car um, and just really wanting to get that practice. I think, you know, when you look at some of the other guys like Chase Elliott, I mean, obviously it's practice for the road course, but it's two different cars, like Randy said before. So the I think the bottom line is a lot of these guys that are doing this, they're just racers. They I race on road courses all the time. They just love getting together and going racing and Everybody wants to win the Rolex. The prestige is a given for everybody, but I think the other motivations are different based on what the situation the particular driver's in at the time. Yeah, that's true. I I think it's actually probably a combination of all three, and it's going to vary depending upon who you are, obviously. But, you know, like, like Tom said, guys like Chase Elliott, you don't necessarily need the road course experience. You already know how to run on the road course, as obviously, you know, but... You know, there's always a prestige that comes with running a crown jewel race, whether it's the Indy 500, the Rolex 24, the you know, Sebring, Le Mans, whatever. There's always a prestigiousness to whatever yes. racing series you're in, um, or a desire to run in a, a good, you know, a good car for one of the crown jewel races. You know, like a lot of the IndyCar guys would love to go and run Monaco for the Formula One series. And I mean, it's just a, you know, it's just one of those crown jewel events that everybody wants to see. And uh, you know, who would like, who would not like to have a Rolex, a Rolex watch for free? Um, for winning the race, but you know, at the same time, these guys have been out. You know, 2020 was was a crazy year, and you know, we had to do so many different crazy things, and you know, set at home for four months without getting any, any on track action, then finally get back to action, and it was like you know, balls to the wall for you know 30 weeks or whatever before the end of the season. And I think these guys are just they were so passionate about going out there and performing that all of a sudden the season came to an end. They're like, well, now what? Now what do we do? Um, so I think they're just eager to kind of get back to normal, normalcy, um, which starts with the Rolex 24. And I think it's just a combination of all three things combined for a lot of these guys that just want to get back to racing again. NBCSN will be shutting down at the end of 2021. Is it time for the new Speed Channel TV to come back? Yeah, look, I um, I hope we, we do have something, but I, I don't think we will. I think that, uh, that NBC is has talked about how we will see, you know, races on USA Network uh, toward the end of the year maybe, and especially into um, the next season. We do know that, that NASCAR's contract with NBC or with any television partner states that they, they uh, will always have to run the races on some sort of TV program. It can't just be digital, so we do know that. That's, that's reassuring. But it is a weird move. I, I don't like seeing NBCSN go away. I'd love a new CTV. Um, sure, it's time for it. Uh, but do I think it's going to happen? I, unfortunately, I don't. For about a year or two there, NBCSN was the new Speed TV. They had half of NASCAR. They had all of IMSA, all of IndyCar. All they didn't have was F1, which they did have a couple years ago. But with NASCAR seemingly moving to USA Network. It's not a total loss because USA Network is a basic cable channel, which I believe does reach more homes across the country than NBCSN does. 
You're exactly right. Um, NASCAR would probably move to the USA Network for a lot of their programming. I still think you'll see some of it on the big NBC. IndyCar is going to Peacock Premium, and I think the the real answer to this question is it time for a new speed TV? <laughs> no, because the original speed TV didn't work. We're into the digital age now. Everything, whether we like it or not, is moving to streaming. And I think this is where a lot of what you see on NBCSN in terms of motorsports now will end up is on Peacock Premium. And we'll all have to just buy that to get all the programming. But that's not necessarily a bad thing as long as they continue to put the quality into the broadcasts that they do. Yeah, NBC is serious about this Peacock Network thing. They they actually this morning they actually signed a deal with WWE for like one billion dollars to do all of their programming on uh, oh, Peacock wow. TV too. So, wow. um, it's it's a big, it's going to be a big time thing. Wow. So, um, there are some good shows on Peacock. The Lost Lost Speedways is one of them. But yeah, um, I digress. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think it's a, it's going to be a great thing. I mean, like Tom said, you know, this is a digital age where nobody wants to pay for cable anymore. Everybody's trying to find new ways of streaming their favorite shows, and so. You know, we've seen the boom of, of Hulu and then Netflix and Disney Plus and all these other, you know, premium stations. That, you know, basically every network has their own premium channel now that you can order and purchase an app for Roku and stuff like that. So um, I, I don't know why NASCAR doesn't just, you know, have their own premium channel on, you know, Roku TV that that's basically like a speed channel. I mean, they can broadcast their practice qualifying and you know the answer like to that, that is so. because they could go to peacock or whatever else and well, don't have all cheaper. the headache of sure. doing all yeah. of the production nbc can that. take care of all that for yeah. them yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and but, uh, let me quick follow up yeah. there just to, to to make sure people understand that one of the advantages of this is that you can stream four live races at the same time without any and people can just watch what that's they true. want as opposed to only one cable channel one program at a time that's true so we'll fly through this next one real quick in about a minute. Dinger is set to drive the colleague racing at the road course. Uh, does this change anything for anyone? Noah? Yeah, I think it changes things for Chase Elliott. He's now got another guy in town that's uh, really good at road course racing, and, uh, and I think Dinger will give him a run for his money for sure. How great would it be to see a road course battle between Elliott, Austin Sindrick, uh, AJ Allmendinger and Chase Briscoe, and maybe throw Martin Truex or Kyle Busch in there. This just adds another potential race winner to that l- lineup for the second race of the year. I think it'll be an awesome show. Of course, it changes. Every everybody's now running for third behind Elliott and Dinger. That's what it changes. <laughs> That's pretty true. I'm just looking forward to the last couple of laps of that race when it's Chase and AJ. Like you know, like Peter said, all the all the, the top road Chase, course guys AJ. battling it out for the win. Yeah, and, and let us get some. Let us get some rain too. There's some rain in there. Uh, as long as it, well, there's a fine line between rain, no and, rain. and the tsunami we had no at rain. the Roval, um, you know, the, this past rain year. I, I don't. I definitely don't want that. No um, that's for sure. Well, Peter and Tom are tied at six points apiece, so we'll uh, we'll head to round number two when we come back from the commercial break. Uh, we've got uh, more NASCAR discussion uh, to talk about, um, and uh, we'll do that when we come back. More of the Inside Pass rolls on right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
automotive technicians, and auto service trainees. How would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico in Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. I promise that wasn't playing. Whatsoever it was not playing. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada here in the studio with you. Uh, Noah Lewis is calling in from the uh, hotline in uh, some remote location somewhere in North Carolina, I assume. Um, but he was way too busy to come to the studio tonight, but that's fine. It's whatever. I'm not jealous or bitter in any way, shape, or form. Um, and, uh, of course, our uh, producer, Malik, uh, pushing all the buttons, uh, keeping us going and keeping everything on track as our moderator uh, for tonight. We'll get to round two in just a second. I, I wanted to uh, let everybody know if you missed Bob Pockris's interview, um, it'll be up on demand. Uh, just uh, go to your favorite podcasting website and uh, search for Race Chaser, uh, Race Chaser Media. And Race, <laughs> Race Chaser, Chaser Radio. Or, uh, Race Chaser Radio, sorry. Race Chaser Radio. And uh, you will find it there. You can also search the Inside Pass on uh, Spotify or uh, Apple Music or any of the other podcasting platforms as well, and you can find it there. Um, and uh, all of our shows are always on demand at RaceChaserOnline.com. So great, great website if you uh, – Ever get a chance, just go and look at some of the content there. Pictures of our beautiful beautiful faces are on there as well. Um, as well as, uh, Don't scare them before they get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got, uh, we'll tell you about uh, the next couple of weeks of uh, shows coming up a little bit later on. Right now, on to round number two, Malik, take it away. How long will it take for Kyle Larson to return to normal 
without standard practice and qualifying at most events in the Cup Series this year? No, I would say you. Well, I don't think it'll, uh, you know, it's interesting because we do know that he didn't experience that. Kyle Larson kind of got the boot before we came back to racing. Um, but I don't think it'll take Kyle any time at all. He's just a wheelman. We see that in everything he gets in. Um, Hendrick cars are, have been on an uptick. We saw them win the championship this last year. Um, they, they went through a rough couple of seasons, and I think now they're kind of at the resurgence where things are a lot better. He and Cliff Daniels should work uh, should work pretty well together, Cliff uh, doing well with Jimmy toward the end of the year as well. So I think Kyle will hop in. He'll get right back to work, and it won't take him much time at all to get back to, uh, to winning races and, and doing really well. It will take Kyle Larson three weeks to win a race because once we leave Daytona for the modified speed weeks, you go to what's potentially Kyle Larson's best track on the circuit at Homestead. He's led hundreds of laps there, been in contention. It seems like every year he's run a race there, even back to his race in the 51 car. But I think he will be tough to beat at Homestead for the Dixie Vodka 400 on February 28th. Okay, I am just going to say probably 10 minutes or less. He's been gone for a year. He doesn't know the difference. You know, I mean, he it, it's it, it, for him, it's going to be coming back to a cup team, uh, back to a cup situation with a team that is one of the elite teams in the garage. And he's starting at Daytona, where we're going to practice and qualify. This is no big deal for Kyle Larson. He missed all that. That's true. My my first thought was, what what exactly is normal with Kyle Larson? Because well, everything, everything he, he does. He won a model race by fifteen seconds yeah, on the dirt the other day. That is not normal. Exactly. He's he's just you know he's Kyle Larson at this point. I, I mean you know, ten minutes, two hours. You know, I feel like as soon as they hit the track at Daytona, he's probably going to be one of the fastest guys, if not the fastest guy on the racetrack. Yeah. And, and I don't think it'll take him long at all because he's going to get hooked up with his teammates, rather be Chevrolet or Hendrick and. Hendrick will be off to the races for the 500, and then, you know who knows how many wins he'll have after that. So, I, you know, One. I, it'll be a, a plus or minus about 10 minutes or so, as yeah. Tom said. How long will it take for fans to compare Haley Deegan to Danica Patrick? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's already happened, and we've already seen some fans comparing the two, and and I don't think it's a very fair comparison. We see with Haley Deegan that she's been eager to learn. She's wanted to go through all of the ranks of, of stock car racing um, at this level and, and trying to make her way uh, up to, I guess, ultimately the Cup Series. But she's taken time. You know, she went and did a couple of Canon Series seasons and, and did the ARCA season and then came in and now is going to do the truck season. And, and for Danica, it was a different story. We saw her hop into some Xfinity races, um, but she was pretty quickly jumped and, and thrown into the Cup Series. And I don't think that was very fair to her and her success because it took her took her a lot longer to uh, to find any little success that she could. Um, so I don't think it's fair to compare the two, uh, but I do think it's already starting to happen. And what Haley needs to do is just put all that behind her, take it out of her head, and go out there and perform how she wants to perform and make her mark how she wants to make her mark. And I think that's, uh, that's what we'll see out of Haley Deegan. It's definitely not fair to compare the two of them. Danica was brought up in Europe, go-kart racing, open-wheel racing, which doesn't translate well to stock cars. Meanwhile, Haley's been brought up on dirt tracks and off-road trucks, which does translate well to stock cars. We've seen over the past years with her in K&N, East, West, ARCA, even her truck started this year. She's impressed at just about every stop on her developmental ladder. And like Noah said, she's taking time to slowly ascend through the ranks like Danica Patrick. Danica 
only ever ran one year in the Xfinity Series before she was rushed to Cup for her rookie year. I don't think we'll see Haley in the Cup Series for five years, which I think will be great for her career. All right. I, I First of all, I don't think Danica was rushed. I think Danica did exactly what Danica wanted to do. I think she was in full control of that process, number one. Number two, Haley Deegan is very young. She's already now having to go to sensitivity training, and we can agree or disagree that she should have. But in my opinion, I think it was a good thing, and it will make her aware going forward of where she's at. But with that being said, I feel like Haley Deegan, as a racer, reminds me more of Janet Guthrie than Danica Patrick. I think Haley Deegan is an old-school knockdown dragout. She wants to be a racer. It's not just, it's not a female racer. She wants to be a racer. I think she's got a different approach to this. And if they don't rush her and she's willing to be patient, I think Haley Deegan's got a shot to succeed. Yeah, I think the unfortunate thing for Haley Deegan is is that just the fact that she's a female in the racing industry, everybody's automatically going to compare her to the the most well-known female racer in our modern era, which is, of yeah. course, Danica Patrick. And it's not fair because, as Peter said, Danica didn't come from an NASCAR background. She came from Europe running go-karts. She was a go-daddy right. model. Yep. You know, it, it's an unfair comparison because she wasn't a race car driver. She was a go kart driver who got the opportunity because of who she, her, because of her name and who she was. Well, let me let me help you there. I think she was a race car driver. She just wasn't as aggressive. That's she true. had had a more sort of tactical. She technical was she was doing it for the it. fanfare more so than for I, the. I, no, do you think? I think so. I just think I she think was so. more technical in her skill set than, you know, kind of old school. I mean, Haley comes from off-road, very aggressive over there. We've seen that she's not That's afraid true. to use the bumper. Um, and But but as a, but as as someone like her, who a female in our sport, you have to do something to show that you're not going to lay down for these guys. That's right. So, I mean, I don't blame her at all for well, being no, aggressive. Well, no, I'm just so. saying. But no, I, I, I think it's a difference in the natural personality of the two of them. No, and, I, the, and it reflects the background they came from. No, I, yeah, I think Haley's got a shot if, she, if, if if she settles down and learns and, and is patient. I think she's got a shot at this. I do. I agree. I can believe yeah. I agree. Denny Hamlin, Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex Jr., Matt Benedetto, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Ryan Newman, Ricky Stenhouse, and Austin Dillon are all set to reach free agency Bearing an extension or barring an extension before the start of the season, does anyone not resign, and why? Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see what this year holds for Kurt Busch. I think that that is the one guy out of this list that I'm looking at. Um, we also know Ryan Newman is a guy that uh, is getting up there in age, and he's taken some pretty scary wrecks recently. We know Daytona 500 last year wasn't wasn't the fondest for him, and uh, so those two guys are, are are those that I'm looking at on the list. Um, but like I said, for Kurt, I really think it'll come down to if he's having fun, if he's having a good year. Maybe he'll sign one more um, with Chip Ganassi if they allow him to do so. I think Monster would fully be on board with that. And uh, and the same for Newman. I think that he's gotten to the point now that if if he goes through this year and doesn't feel like um, that it's worth it to, to stick around, doesn't feel like he's reaching potential that he once did, then, uh, then it's perfect time for him to step away and focus on a lot of other things. So those are definitely the two guys that I have uh, circled on my list. And, and it, like I said, it really comes down to what kind of year they have and, uh, and what partners are deciding to do. Just think back to this time last year. We knew at this point a year ago that Jimmy Johnson would retire after 2020, but we didn't find out until the deep in the playoffs that Clint Boyer would retire. So I think 
like Noah said, Kurt Busch and Ryan Newman are the two names that jump off the list to me. And I think with Newman, the incredible crash he had last year in the Daytona 500, I don't think he'll want to come back. Like Noah said, he's getting up there in age, and his production has just not been there. Yes, he's made the playoffs recently, but he hasn't really made noise in the postseason. So I think Ryan Newman, this will be his farewell tour. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Denny comes back. I believe that Brad may retire. Martin Truex comes back. De Benedetto comes back uh, in something, whatever he can get. Alex Bowman, obviously, is going to be set for a while. Kurt Busch, I'm not sure. Uh, Ryan Newman, I definitely think, will retire at the end of this year. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse and Austin Dillon will both be back in the cars that they currently drive, in my opinion. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of change here. But I think that the one to really keep your eye on is uh, Ryan Newman. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the the one name on there we already know about is Matt Benedetto because he's not going to be in the Wood Brothers car next year. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But everybody else... I think a lot of it's just going to come down to performance and how they perform and how they feel like they're performing. Ryan Newman, I feel like his is all redemption. He wants to redeem himself from from last year and go out and get that five, get that another five hundred win and have a full season under his belt to to make the playoffs and do a good thing for us. Austin Dillon is grandfathered in. Yes, yes, that's true. I see what you Literally. did there. See what I did there? Okay, I mean he's not going anywhere unless he decides to. In one minute, with all you guys, before we go to break. Smoke is furious with NASCAR choosing Bristol over Eldora for a cup race debut. Agree or disagree with his mood? Yeah, um, I I disagree. I think that NASCAR has to go with what decision is best for them. I know that some truck teams have complained about the purse um, over years past at Eldora, and, and maybe NASCAR just felt that it would have more of an economic value of going somewhere like Bristol that's uh, already a typical fan attraction. So um, I, I disagree with the mood. I agree with his move because Tony's the Eldora track owner. He wanted NASCAR to come to his track and bring Xfinity or Cup there. And, yeah, when they leave his house, I understand him being angry. I totally agree with his mood, um, and he doesn't control the purse. NASCAR does. So this has nothing to do with where they hold the event. NASCAR pays what they pay. Yep, and I, I completely agree with uh, with all those sentiments. I don't like the way that NASCAR handled it, but you know he has a right to be mad. So we're right. going to take a break. We'll be back. Round number three coming up right after the break. This is the Inside Pass on WSIC. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Whew. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. 
Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, my name is Eric Jones, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Thank you so much for uh, watching us, listening to us, uh, however you may be uh, streaming our show right now. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in to us. It's hard to believe that we are already through the uh, month of January, and uh, February is right around the corner, which means the Rolex 24, the Clash, and the Duels, and the 500. Arca Race. Arca Race, and uh, I'm sure they're going to race lawnmower somewhere in Florida, but... Um, nonetheless, um, we've got uh, a great lineup of, of shows coming up in February. Kaz Growler will be here next week. Well, not, maybe not here, but he will be on the show uh, next week. Um, then uh, Nick DeGroote, because we have, he, we're contractually obligated to have him on the show at least once. I had month. to do that at least once um, tonight. It was and a good so, spot for uh, it. He'll be here. And then uh, <laughs> in the third week of uh, February, Fast Pasta will be on the show, which is uh, I'm excited about. I think he's actually going to come to the studio, too, which is, uh, Sweet. Which is awesome. Sweet. Um, I'm, I'm convincing him. And then uh, the first show of March, we actually have our 200th episode. So I'm working on something really, really big, and I really hope that I can work it all out. So Nice. Um, we'll, we'll Hopefully we'll be able to tell you guys about that next week. So uh, on to round number three. Uh, right now, Tom is ahead by uh, one point over Peter and uh, two points over Noah. So uh, I've got nine points. I'm not going to talk about myself. All right, let's go to uh, round number three. The most dominant team or driver in 2021. Uh, Chase Elliott, I think that he's gonna he's gonna follow up with what he did last season, and I think they're gonna be even better with the addition of the road courses. I'll go Hendrick Motorsports. We saw William Byron come into his own, getting that fin- finally getting that first win this year. We saw Alex Bowman really come to life in the playoffs with top fives and top tens seemingly every week. We saw Chase obviously win the championship, and Larson has everything in the world to prove. So I think 2021 will really start a dynasty for Hendrick. Um, did you specify Cup Series? No, I, I said do, the most to, dominant team or driver. Okay, Austin Sindrick Xfinity Series. I think he is going to have a huge Chase Briscoe like year this year, and then uh, go into Cup on in a blaze of glory. 
I'm, I'm going to steal a pitch from Thomas Book and go Xfinity 2, but I'm going to go College Racing because they have really done a lot over there in the offseason by getting sure. Jeff Burton and getting AJ a full ride, and they're going to have Kaz for some races in the in the Cup Series car, and, and I, I've, I've heard that they're maybe talking about even putting him in some Xfinity races later in the year, too. Um, in a fourth entry. So um, Akali's got a lot going on over there, but they have all the talent, all of the supplies, all of the resources to make something happen this year, and I think this will be college year. The biggest dark horse in the top three series is driver or team? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Cup Series again, and I'm going to say Chase Briscoe. It's hard to call him a dark horse, but it will be his first year in the Cup Series. And, uh, and again, I think that Chase had such a great year last year, and he's stepping into a Stuart Haas racing car um, with the addition of road courses and tracks that he's usually decent and good at. Uh, I think Chase uh, or Chase Briscoe, excuse me, could uh, definitely show up and, and get right to work. I mentioned him last time, and I'll say him again. Alex Bowman. He really flew under the radar for a lot of last season. He fired off strong with that dominating win at Auto Club. When we came back from the COVID pause, he. Had shots to win at Darlington in the 600. And then once the playoffs came around, he turned up the bill 48 team style and had seven top tens in the 10 playoff races. So I think a lot of those strong runs will turn into wins for the newly branded Ally 48. Zane Smith in the truck series for this. I don't, again, I think people, maybe they would say, well, he's not really a dark horse, but uh, being only a second full season driver there, he got a couple wins last year. I think Zane Smith runs for the championship and is really in the hunt all year long for GMS. I'm going to go Xfinity and say Daniel Hemrick. Uh, Daniel's over at uh, Gibbs this year in the 18 car, and he's got all the tools and resources to do what He's been wanting to do for several years now. He had a great opportunity with Junior Motorsports um, to run an eight car last year for a few races, and you know just he had bad luck and just things didn't work out for him. But he's got a full ride this year in uh, one of the best cars uh, out on the racetrack. Teammates with uh, Harrison uh, Harrison Burton this year, so I, I think they're going to have a really good strong team over at uh, JGR in the Xfinity Series. I believe I got this question here. I just want to make sure: Is this say what one of the Daytona events is most what one off? What one-off? One okay, off, what, yes. what what one-off driver at Daytona is most interesting to you? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Noah Gregson. I think that he, you know he's got to get into the show for the Daytona 500, but um, but I think that he's had a lot of success at Daytona. We've seen that before, and uh, and he's a guy that can get it done. And he's Noah Gregson, so he's going to hop in a Cup car, and if he makes the Daytona 500. He will leave it all on the track there. He will do whatever he can uh, with that car to try to win it because we know Noah Gregson does not have much of a, um, how do we say it, a filter when it comes to racing. He's going to he's gonna make the moves that he thinks he needs to, and he's going to try to put himself in position at the end. 2010 Daytona 500 champion Jamie McMurray jumps off the page to me. Because in his last Cup Star two years ago with Spire Motorsports, he was up front in contention for much of that race. He led laps, and I believe he got shuffled back late and finished 22nd. But he's always an aggressive driver on the super speedways. I love seeing him come back for one more ride. I think that 77 will be up front. I'm actually going to go Kaz Grala on this one, driving for Colleague Racing. We know Colleague can win at Daytona because Justin Haley did, albeit circumstantial. But um, I think Kaz could surprise a lot of people 
at this year's 500. The biggest challenge for any of these guys is to get in. If he can get in, then I think Kaz may actually be a big surprise. Yeah, I was going to say Kaz Grola too, but I'll go Austin Cindric because, I mean, it's, oh, Pen- it's yeah, Penske. Right. Penske's always Gosh. strong at Daytona and Talladega. So you put him in there with Blaney and Logano and Keselowski, and, and I, I think Penske's going to try to go out and win the 500. What driver in a new car with a new team will have the most success in the 2021 season? Yeah, it's hard to really determine what success is, but I think um, I think success overall from from what we've seen in his career, I'd have to go with Bubba Wallace. I mean, this is a ride that he's uh, he's never been in this top notch of performance in in many years. I mean, even at Rossville Racing in the Xfinity Series, I wouldn't compare it to what he may have here in the Cup Series. So. Uh, I'm going to say Bubba Wallace, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I think he'll go out and win a ton of races or or set a ton of records out there. But I I think in terms of looking over where he has been and, and the the ride that he has been in and and that type of success compared to this year where he's in a new ride that should be uh, well better, I think that uh, Bubba Wallace will show up with the most success at the end of the year. I'll go with the five car of Kyle Larson. I think back to the year Truex won the title. The one guy who was consistently challenging Truex week in and week out all season long was Kyle Larson. It was an engine issue, I believe, in the Kansas playoff race that ultimately did him in and kicked him out of that year's playoffs. But I think Larson, I said earlier, he has everything to prove this year. I think he'll get five, six, maybe more wins and have a deep, deep playoff run. Except for Kyle Larson, um, I think that I think the answer here is actually going to be Corey LaJoy and the Spire car. They have assembled a really interesting combination of technology and personnel over there. And I think that seven car is going to come out of nowhere. I'm not going to say he's going to go win a bunch of races, but I think he could have a really surprisingly good year in that car. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with everybody for the sake of time and uh, say uh, <laughs> that uh, Peter wins today. So uh, Peter, I can't give you a whole minute, but I can give you like um, 30 seconds or so to talk about whatever you want to talk about. A uh, friend of the show, Seth Egger, recently wrote a great piece on Jacob Seelman that he put on KickingTheTires.net. I know Tom and myself both helped out with that piece, and definitely go check it out because it's a great piece on Jacob Seelman by Seth Egger, two great friends of WSIC and two. Race great, Chaser. Yeah, two great friends of Race Chaser. It is a good article. I, I did have the opportunity to sit down and, and read it. And, and I, I sent uh, Seth a message and told him he did a really good job on the article. Apparently yes, he surprised he Jacob with the with the story he didn't know that he was going to write about it. But uh, uh, we, we do pick on Jacob a lot uh, on the Thursday show. But uh, Jacob is, is very detrimental to, to the motorsports world and all the things that he does behind the scenes for speed sport, for Race Chaser, for – um, PMN and all the things that he's involved in. So uh, we give him a hard time, but we love Jacob a lot, and we appreciate him being a part of the Race Chaser family. So um, that is going to do it for our uh, show this week. We thank Bob Pockris uh, from uh, Fox Sports NASCAR's coverage for coming in and uh, joining us on the phone today. Uh, thanks to Noah for calling in. Hopefully Noah will be back uh, next week um, here in the studio with us. And uh, as I said, we're going to have Kaz next week too. Lead lap coming up next for those of you listening live. Lead lap is coming up right after a short little five-minute break. And uh, we will see you guys next week with uh, some hopefully some highlights of the Rolex 24. So uh, for all of us here in the studio, we'll see you guys next week. For the Inside Pass, good night, everybody. 